As I looked around this small office room and my mind began to wander, I didn't quite know what to expect. My nerves were taking over my body and tempting me to make a beeline for the door and get the fuck out of there. But this is really something that I needed to do and I really, truth be told, wanted to do for quite some time now. I really needed it. It was time. Uh, But what if I don't like what I hear? The reality was was that I needed to figure myself out. And uh, up to this point in my life, I had no luck with that. This appointment seemed like the only way that I could get to the bottom of why I did anything that I continued to do in my daily routine that was becoming increasingly problematic. As my eyes scanned the room thoroughly for something that could possibly distract me from my nervous energy, suddenly I loud text tone emanated from my phone and went off so loudly it startled me and the breathtaking silence of my intense concentrated train of thought was briefly interrupted it was my therapist and she was texting me to let me know that she was running just a little bit late for our scheduled appointment it looked as though more squirming and overthinking on that little green therapy couch for the next 20 or so minutes was unavoidable. I was finally seeing a therapist to sort out this clusterfuck of what I considered to be my life. It was my first visit and I was feeling all sorts of raw emotions and vulnerability. Oh God, see, I can't even say vulnerability. That's how nervous I was. I'm like reliving it right now. I had to expose my disaster of a life to somebody I hardly knew, and that fact in itself seemed terrifying. My mind was racing a mile a minute, like a hamster stuck on a never-ending spinning wheel of shame and regret. I began to think of all the various problems or issues that I needed to bring to this therapy table. And what order should I do this in, by the way, and what was the order of relevance? Did one issue outweigh another? Were they somehow all connected or related? How do you explain to someone you barely know that you're a mid to 20, okay, fine, I'm not gonna lie, mid to late 30 something year old, ugh, got it out of me. That's probably part of the problem too. Gay man who suffers from mind crippling body dysmorphia possesses a developing and budding ritualistic alcohol drinking habit that truth be told will most likely become a major issue later on in life. A self-diagnosed sex addiction. Oh, and by the way, I was raised by strict Republican and God-fearing, pushy and conservative, anti-gay Christian parents that are truth be told a very huge part of why I'm sitting on this little green therapy couch now. Oh, and also I'm a relationship whore who basically rushes and clings from one relationship to the next. Just as soon as one ends, I'm right back into another. And that's not even talking about my distant daddy issues that are so intense that they often are reflected in my poor and needy daily decision-making habits. And there is so much more 
there's a plethora of countless personal struggles and insecurities that I battle with on a regular basis. So how the fuck am I going to do this? Where do I even begin? So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill and join me in that never ending journey of therapy on that little green therapy couch. This is writing on that little green therapy couch. And if you're asking yourself, what the fuck does that mean? You're about to find out now. Hey guys, this is my gay expose podcast, where we talk about gay sex, gay dating, gay culture, gay love, gay stereotypes, gay relationships, that infamous gay walk of shame, and anything else that might be considered, um, gay? I'm your host, Ronnie Washburn, a writer and blogger based out of San Francisco, California, and I'm here exposing my gay on my gay expose podcast. Disclaimer. The views expressed on My Gay Exposé podcast are not necessarily the opinions or views of the gay community as a whole. These are simply the opinions, experiences, and stories told by host Ronnie Washburn. Furthermore, this podcast is explicit, straightforward, and not for the faint of heart. And no topic is taboo, except for religion and politics. While all stories are real, most characters' names are changed to protect their identity, Unless you're a close friend to Ronnie, in which, that's what you signed up for, bitch. Hey guys, Ronnie Washburn here. Uh, And welcome back to My Gay Expose Podcast. And on this week's episode, uh, you might think that we are going to focus on the topic of therapy, but no. Psych? We're actually going to talk about my writing career and what that might actually have to do with the opening story. I'd like to give you all a little glimpse into why and how I got into the wonderful world of writing and how I was able to explore all of my creative juices and get them flowing. But first, before we take out our calligraphy pen and start to Put pen to paper. Let's hop into this week's re-exposé. Re-exposé. Hey guys, welcome to this week's re-exposé, where I take the time in my day to reassess re-examine, re-explain, or just throw a little more clarification on things mentioned in past episodes that either you didn't understand and questioned, I didn't understand and questioned, or once I re-listened to things, I was like, what the fuck did I even say that for? And this week, 
uh, yes, I'm getting so much shit for all the people's names that I mispronounced on the America the Blue Tiffle episode. I decided to go the political route, which was probably a mistake, but I actually do really like the episode. And someone pointed out that I pronounced Camilla Harris's name right once or twice, uh, but mispronounced it another. Fair enough. That's not the easiest name to roll off the tongue, just for the record. And then there were several other, this this person decided to point out several other names that I mispronounced. You know what? Good for you. I don't care. I really don't. That's the last thing I care about. My point was made. And by the way, just in case you need me to re-expose this, the entire point of the episode wasn't to pronounce names correctly or inform anyone about anything. It was simply to cover my extreme feeling, emotion, and joy the moment I heard that the election was won by the right people. And that was it. And you can talk about pronunciation all you want. It's not going to change anything. And yes, uh, somebody else asked kind of separately, but it was sort of like in the same field of questioning why I decided to go against my firm stance on not talking about politics on the show. And I knew this was coming. I knew I was going to get so much shit for breaking away and breaking the rules. And I've said it before so many times, and I'm going to say it again. Here on my Gay Expose podcast, there are no rules. And again, like I said, I felt that in that moment when I heard about the win, I was so overwhelmed and so happy and celebrating in the streets of the Castro with all the people that live around me and seeing them feeling the same way that I felt and just feeling the urge to dance in the streets with joy when I don't even dance in clubs. That's the feeling I was trying to exude in the episode. And if you missed that, it's time for you to get your own re-expose segment. Um, Somebody else asked me, and I quote, how often and how many times have you had sex with other guys while in your open relationship with your current boyfriend? And I added the current in there. I always say current boyfriend. Somebody else pointed that out too, by the way. It's a little sidebar here. Someone asked a couple of weeks ago, and I, I never actually brought this up. Whenever I talk about the boyfriend that I have now, that I call him my current boyfriend. But it's true. It is my current boyfriend. I mean, I don't know if we're going to be together forever. We might. We might not be. But it is my current boyfriend. And if that's what I want to call him, that's what I want to call him. But back to the original question. First of all, I think I've said this before. And um, here I go again. Let me re-expose it for you one more time. My boyfriend is a very, very private person, and I'm not throwing any of his shit out on this podcast. And part of the dynamic that we have in our relationship is that we're complete opposites in so many ways. And I think that's what we like about one another. I'm so outgoing and bubbly and social and just like to have an amazing time all the time. And he's very laid back, reserved, and private. 
So, you know how they say opposites attract. That's kind of one of those situations. So, you know, part of this whole podcast and getting all this attention and having all these questions thrown my way, I'm not revealing any of that information to respect my boyfriend's privacy. And I really hope that you'd respect it Re-expose. So before we hop into uh, the wonderful world of taking an entire blog entry and putting it through the Grammarly tool to correct the spelling and grammar, let's hop into this week's Hot Gay Goss Expose. This is that hot gay goss here on my gay expose podcast. So because we're on this writer themed podcast episode this week, um, I decided to break away from our normal traditional hot gay goss expose segment. And instead of bringing you gay gossip or gay news, I decided to share with you three books that I highly recommend and think that you should go check out. And first, there's the book called Gay Like Me by Richie Jackson. And I love this book so much because I could kind of identify with it. It was really somber and it's basically a gay father who writes to his gay son telling him all the things that he learned as a gay man and it is fucking incredible and if you haven't yet you should check it out and then also um i have to throw a little shout out to fellow podcaster jordan power who wrote the book the famous anus and i have to say it's pretty well written and i think this guy is really talented both in writing and podcasting And I used to listen to his podcast called uh, Shame On You Podcast. I mean, there were things I liked about it. I mean, there are things that I was like, "Mm," about. But overall, it was a really great show and it got a lot of attention. It got really popular. And he's actually uh, branching out and to do a new podcast that I'm kind of excited to hear on his own called Unmentionable. And I just think he's just a really talented guy. And I am looking forward to hearing more from him. And if you haven't yet, check out his book, Famous Anus. And then last but most certainly not least, one of my favorite books of all time called Pray the Gay Away from none other than the Zakur twins. And I love these bitches because they have like this whole brand behind their deal where they actually get really sexual with each other, which is kind of weird because they're twin brothers. But the fact that they like go that extra mile it truly proves how talented they are and how willing they are to basically put their gay agenda out there and i appreciate that in so many levels but the one book that you're really really going to want to be looking for is my gay walk of shame book that will be coming out by myself sometime in 2021 hopefully not yet confirmed So stay tuned for that gay walk of shame. 
of the autobiography of Ronnie Washburn. And with that, let's hop into this week's episode topic. This is that hot gay goss here on My Gay Expose Podcast. So since we are focusing on my writing career and all things of being a writer, I decided to, in this week's topic list of the week, share with you a few of my little writing tricks and or accomplishments. So let's hop into it. This is My Gay Exposé Podcast's official topic list of the week. One of the first things that I found to be a tool, but also kind of a pain in the ass, was Grammarly. Grammarly's kind of known to be, for the writer, one of those situations where they actually do point out like the things that you may or may not have missed. Because, you know, we all miss things. Um, but also, they always suggest things that are just, like, so ridiculous. Like, sometimes they'll actually suggest, like, in a, inaccurate grammar or inappropriate grammar. But my favorite is, like, my writing style is very storytelling. And so part of my style includes extensive run-on sentences because you're explaining so much about a certain thing. And Grammarly doesn't like that. That's what Grammarly, I don't like that you don't like my writing. So I'm working on a 12 book series, uh, originally called uh, Christopher, but I actually took the series back from the person I was originally writing the project for and decided to publish it myself. But it's basically a 12-book series on a little boy who goes on this boat journey with his grandfather around the world. And basically, each book is a different city. And the boy goes in and out of imagination throughout each place that he visits. Some of the destinations are San Francisco, India, London, China, Thailand, Japan, and I have a few that are undetermined and still in the process. But I'm really excited about this series. And I have to admit, writing in a kid's book series and trying to talk in their language is almost harder than actually writing for adults and trying to gain their approval on what you're writing, just for the record. But stay tuned for that. I decided to name the book after my son. And since I have yet to reveal my son's name, on my gay expose podcast that has yet to be determined but stay tuned all of my work by the way is gay inspired um and i probably won't veer off of that unless it's like an inter like a website writing project but even my kids book series that i mentioned before uh the grandfather is gay. And it doesn't explicitly say that throughout the series, but there are very strong undertones that imply it. But sometimes I've found as a writer that, you know, when you stick to one topic, 
And this is something that I sort of found to be a little tough when I was writing the Gay Walk of Shame blog, was that sometimes you run out of ideas or material to kind of throw everything together. And writer's block is not a fun thing. There are many of times where I've wrote so many different like projects and just been stuck and not happy with it and just like looked at it and said, I don't like this. But then, but then that little light switch goes off in your head. And those have been, truth be told, some of my most prized and favorite pieces when originally I hated it. So my gay expose PSA for this particular situation is don't give up. If you're a writer and you hate it, it can always be changed. Don't give up. One of the biggest lessons that I've learned about writing over the years is that there's always going to be haters. And I know I say that about this podcast and I'm learning that full circle a little bit sooner with the podcast, I think. But there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like your work. But what you have to know, and if you're a writer, what I encourage you to do in your writing practice is not worry about what people think about your writing. I've reached out to writers and we've exchanged pieces that we've written and evaluated them for one another. And I've actually had a couple of times where I was like, wow, this is really bad, you know, for the other person. But I don't feel like I'm in a space where I can tell them negative things about their writing. I can only encourage them with constructive criticism. And that I have done. But the criticism's there and it's always going to be there. But my encouragement to you is never let that criticism get in the way of your creativity. Just keep moving on and you will learn so much as you evolve as a writer. And then I rewrite websites. And one of my favorite things to do when presented with either creating the script for the website or rewriting the script for the existing website is that I like to take the boring and mundane script and breathe a breath of creativity into it and make it a story without actually making it a story, but that it kind of reads like a story because it's way more fun to read a website in that manner. And I've done a graphic designer, a therapist, a, uh, a real estate agent, a shoe salesperson, a, a winery, uh, working on an acupuncturist. You name it, I've done it. And I actually enjoy it. This is My Gay Expose Podcasts, official topic list of the week. I used to come to work every day and one of my closest friends slash co-workers would be there. And I would tell him all the stories of all the crazy sexual situations I found myself in. And after months and months of this, he finally looked at me in the face and said, why don't you just write all of this down? And just like that, in that moment, I got the idea to begin to write my 
very first blog. And that's where all of this began with one simple comment from a coworker. So you might be asking yourself if this entry is about Ronnie Washburn as a writer, then what in the hell was that opening story about with the therapy? And truth be told, there's many reasons why I used it. Uh, First and foremost, it's because when I first started my very first writing venture, which was the blog Gay Walk of Shame, which, by the way, no longer exists. And I really wish people would stop asking where it is and just understand that that blog has been laid to rest. And that's kind of why I revise some of the snippets of some of the stories here and there throughout this podcast. That's my aim and my goal. But the idea was to write a very sexually explicit blog. And I learned early on that it wasn't necessarily about the writing. It was more about the sexual content. And as time went on and with each entry that I wrote and advertised and promoted, I started seeing a significant growth in the viewership. And I mean, it was great, but the problem was is I didn't know why. As time went on, I learned that the real reasons why people were into the blog was because of the sexual material. But I was just falling head over heels in love with the actual act of writing. I wanted to know more. I had no formal writing training. I didn't go to school for it. I had no desire up to this point to ever be a writer. I just kind of jumped into it. And truth be told, I'd like to say that my Gay Walk of Shame blog was all trial and error. That's where I made all of my mistakes. All of my entries that I published on a whim and realized, oof, I gotta fix that. And oof, I gotta fix that. And oof, I gotta fix that. One of my biggest mistakes I think that I did with the blog was that I kind of First of all, I advertised that I would publish weekly, which was in itself a huge mistake because with each entry, um, I averaged about uh, 1,500 to 3,000 words. It took a lot more than just a few days to complete. And I found myself as time went on and the blog started to get more and more attention I found myself rushed and stressed about deadlines and just not putting as much effort as I wanted to put into that blog. But as I started to write each of the entries, the whole concept, as I've stated before, was mess. Drunk, mess, single, sex, San Francisco living. Gay walk of shame. In the name itself, I wanted the reader who stumbled upon my blog to understand that just in the title, I wanted them to picture themselves grabbing all of their shit, hobbling down the stairwell of some guy's house that you don't know, opening the door to the building, looking around, trying to figure out where you are, walking because your phone's dead, 
and you don't know where your wallet is and you don't have the means to take public transportation or call an Uber and you just walk until you get home. And on that walk in your mind, you're first of all suffering from the worst of hangovers. And second of all, you're trying to replay the night and figure out how you got there and why you got there and what happened and what is wrong with me? Why did I do this again? I wanted to write stories about my sexual encounters, but I also wanted to incorporate, you know, the fact that even though we're single and we might be attractive gay men and up for grabs by many, we all struggle. We all have insecurities and we all suffer crippling situations that we can't recover from. And you never know when they're going to emerge. And not just in sexual encounters, also in dating encounters. And actually, truth be told, I feel like the dating encounters are far worse mentally than the sexual. And so that was the premise of the blog. But as I went on and I felt pressure to keep producing, I found myself not really wanting to write it anymore. I felt like I was only wanting or only continuing to write it because the fan base kind of demanded it and expected it. And I wasn't loving it. I remember it was the entry that I wrote. I think it was called, oh God, it was like in the 60s. Like I was like one of the number 60 or something to that effect. But it was the one about um, Christianity Vaginas and other straight-related material. I can't even remember the name of the title, truth be told. But it was something about growing up in the straight world with Christianity and vaginas and all this stuff. And it was like the idea that I had behind the entry was a good story in itself. But I remember when I was reading it over to publish it right before published, like I was literally like an hour away from publishing. I, for the very first time, thought to myself... I don't like this, but I didn't have anything else to produce for that week. That was the moment I realized that this was done for me. I was over this. I couldn't, I couldn't do this anymore. And it was hard because I had basically found the most amazing graphic designer who designed the most amazing blog look on my website. He created a look, a logo, a vibe, a feel that I adored. And I was so into the idea of producing the series. But there was just something missing. I felt that there was something empty in the writing. And I started to go through some of the past entries. And not only was I realizing that some of the earlier writing was pretty bad, but also mostly because I was like at amateur status, but also I realized that fuck to like the innocent bystander who doesn't know me and rereads through all these entries. Yes, I'm being very vulnerable, but I'm a mess. I drink way too much. I find myself blacked out way too much. I have all these insecurities and issues with guys. I have such struggles with my family that's not even 
like the beginning of my insecurity issues. And I feel like there's so many unresolved issues in my life and I'm not getting any younger. So this is why I decided to sit on that little green therapy couch as disclosed in the opening story. Truth be told, I thought one of two things. First of all, I felt like there were issues that I needed to sort through in my own life. But also I thought that the emotional range of therapy would probably help me in figuring out more of like more material for writing and like more of the emotional standpoint. I learned so much about writing as time went on that I was focused more on being a good writer. Not so much being the guy that talks about, you know, how good it feels to shove my dick down some guy's throat that I brought home from the bars. That was all getting super mundane. I wanted to do more. I wanted to do something that meant something. And because of my situation with my parents and their firm stance against my sexuality, I felt a burning fire and desire to write pretty much only about LGBTQ plus related things. So as you know, the Gay Walk of Shame blog was coming full circle and I was still doing it, but not into it. I decided as other projects were coming my way that I was ready to create my own writer's website. So my graphic designer and I decided to take a completely different direction with this site and create a different side to Ronnie Washburn. And that is when a gay in the life of Ronnie was born. This was around the time frame where I was starting to get approached by people for various jobs. I got approached by a small little publishing company, and we'll kind of revisit that later, who offered me a book deal. And I was so fucking excited. And I couldn't wait. But the problem was, looking back on then, where I'm sitting now, was I now realize that the deal was a complete ripoff. It was basically being, I was being Dixie Chicked. And what I mean by that is, if you know, the Dixie Chicks are probably one of the most celebrated artists in our history as far as popularity, sales, etc. But they were so desperate to get their record deal that they got ripped off big time by their record company. They should have been making millions and I remember in one of the interviews, one of the girls was saying she literally had like a couple thousand dollars in her bank account. And that's kind of where this book deal allied. Fortunately, well, I shouldn't say fortunately, but truth be told, what ended up happening with this particular publishing company was they ended up dropping me because they had to go out of business because of COVID. So I feel it was fate in itself because I kind of learned right before COVID, how much of a ripoff the book deal was. And I was working on my book and I wasn't feeling the direction I was going. So more on my book later, but I also got approached by a couple of different businesses that actually was, they liked how I 
wrote script in a lot of my um, websites. So for example, my writer's website basically just showcased my projects and, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, also included my A Gay in the Life of Ronnie blog. But I also included a couple of um, businesses that I had rewritten their websites. So for example, a hardware store comes to me and says, hey, I'm starting my own website and I was really hoping that I could get you to just sort of write or rewrite the main description because I feel like it's just boring and I'm not a writer. And I did just that. And this was actually a really great learning experience for me because I did at least four of those particular projects and one of which was a therapist. Now this one was kind of fun because the reason why this therapist approached me was she said, she's like, look, I know how to write, but I'm a therapist. And in my mind, therapists speak in a lingo that I feel the common person doesn't understand. And so I just need you to help me kind of put it in a place where if a random person is Googling therapist and they stumble upon my website, they don't feel intimidated by the lingo. And that made perfect sense. So I looked over her website and it was just that. I couldn't understand a lot of it. And so basically what I did was I took her four different pages, kept everything that she was saying in it, and I transformed it into somewhat of a storytelling type situation. So what I mean by that is I took what she wanted to say in her, her paragraphs on her website and transformed it into a metaphoric story telling what she wanted to tell. So in this website, I, I basically said something. In life's journey, we struggle to understand ourselves. And as we drive along the road, that was like kind of one of the opening mentions. And as the description paragraphs continued, I continued to keep that same journey down the road theme. I remember she was actually the first job I got like this style. And I went to meet with her to kind of go over it. And I was so scared because this is one of those situations where you could write blogs and people might not like your work, but they don't really tell you. This was like one of those situations where this was make or break. Like I was actually getting paid for this job. And if, if she didn't like it, it was kind of like an ego blow to your psyche or just putting you back into a moment of insecurity about yourself and your writing and your creativity. So it was either she's going to love it or she's going to be like, mm, it's, it's fine, or she's going to hate it. And this person in particular was very direct and I knew she had no problem telling me straight up to my face that she hated it. Whew. I remember going in with my computer I walked into her office. I sat on the couch as she opened the computer and began to read silently. I was nervous. I was so nervous. She looked up at me and was like, wow, I love it. I can't believe you did that. 
I never expected you to come up with something like that. It's so creative. And that's when I realized that there was more to writing than just talking about getting banged by two guys at the orgy. It was more about the creativity. And that's what I wanted to do so bad. And much of my A Gay in the Life of Ronnie blog entries exude just that. It wasn't long before I met this woman who, through my uh, graphic designer, who actually wanted me to work with her on a collaborative project. She was starting a, um, what do you call them? A foundation. Um, and she basically wanted him to create the website for her, wanted me to write for the website, as well as wanted to create a child's storybook for donation. So in other words, when people donated to the cause, they got a child's book. She gave me the, like the general premise of what she wanted, but I had the creative freedom to kind of do whatever I wanted with it. She wanted to call it Christopher, and basically the idea of the story was a little boy who traveled around the world, and she wanted it to be like a book series. And so with each country that he traveled, a different situation would occur, and it was open to interpretation. She let me have my own creative free range. And so I was up for the task. I was ready to go. So I wrote a couple of stories for it, and I remember the first moment I completed the very first story. I looked at it, I reread it, and I reread it again, and I was like, holy fuck, this is so fucking good. I jumped up from my chair and jumped up and down. And truth be told, this woman ended up being super crazy, and the foundation thing just totally didn't work out, at least with us, me and the, my graphic designer. But I wrote the story, and so I took the story back and I reconfigured it and took out the things that she wanted and took away the names that she wanted and made it very calculated decision to basically just make it my own. And I am so excited to work on this project, you guys. It will be released within the next year and a half to two years. And I'm so, so fucking excited. And more on that soon. But that was my first moment of like, oh my God, being creative is so much fun. And that's what I love so much about being a writer. I'm working on my own book, which is sort of my own autobiography. I decided to take the Gay Walk of Shame blog and breathe a little bit of life into it and create my own personal autobiography with some of those stories in it, in like a journal-esque type form. And I'm actually pretty excited about that. But uh, I know I got off on a very long tangent, but the whole purpose for the Green Little Therapy Couch story at the beginning of the entry was simply that that was the very first blog entry that I got actual publishing attention for. And I'm so excited for my writing future and being creative. And truth be told, doing this podcast has led me down all of these creative roads that I get so excited to talk about. And I'm not done, folks. 
There's so much more in store for RonnieWashburn.com. And by the way, if you haven't looked at my website yet, why not? RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And actually, I've been working with my uh, graphic designer and we are doing a complete re-overhaul with the entire website. So I'm so excited about that. Stay tuned for that. And with that, I'm going to share with you for this week's Gay Walk of Shame story. The one story that actually got the most attention in that, people didn't actually believe that it happened to me. They thought that because I was a writer, I wrote it and I made it up. But you guys, I'm going to tell you right now that this story is 100% true. And you're probably not going to believe me. But quite frankly, I don't give a fuck. But let's hop into it now. This is My Gay Walk of Shame, here on My Gay Expose Podcast. So, as I've stated, this is an actual story. These are actual events. This really happened. So I met this guy, I think the first time it was on Grindr, but I think I ended up actually meeting him out at a bar with some friends when I I was like, hey, I chatted with you on Grindr or something like that. Uh, His name, we'll call him Blake. Blake and I hit it off pretty well, actually, and he was really cute, like half Asian, half white boy. And things were going really, really great. We met up on several dates and kind of decided to like sort of see each other. Things were going well. I think it was about a two month time frame where we kind of just hung out every night, had a few drinks, ended up going back to his place and having hot passionate sex and just going with the flow. And I was really into him. Things were great. But in my own personal life, I was kind of in a space where I wasn't really ready to be like committed to one person yet, but I was wanting to date. So I was kind of seeing who else was out there at the same time. And Blake and I, we weren't very serious. We were just having a good time together. So, you know, I went on several other dates with several other guys. You know, some were good, some were bad. Some I never saw again. Some I made plans to see again, but it kind of never went that direction. And then I met Josh. Josh was also a really cool guy. Um, And he was like this Hispanic guy. And him and I were hanging out. And as time evolved, and by the way, this was the same time frame that I was kind of hanging out with um, Blake. I decided that these two guys were really good. It was getting to a space where I couldn't really pick between the two. Like maybe it was time for me to select one and move on. But, you know, I'm just gonna go with the flow. And up to this point in my life, I had never done anything like this before. And so I just kind of went with the flow. Well, as things developed and I started getting a little bit more serious with both guys, things started getting a little difficult to keep track of. And sometimes I'm not the most competent when it comes to remembering or memory. 
And so like having conversations with certain people, for example, I found myself having those same conversations with like one of the guys and they were like, yeah, I know you already told me that story. And I thought that I actually told the other guy, but I realized that I told that guy. And so it just became one of those things where I was just having a little trouble keeping up with things. I remember one night in particular, I had a date planned with Josh and for some reason I was getting ready and Blake was hitting me up. I kind of felt like I was leaning just a little bit more towards Blake and he wanted to hang out and it was so random on a whim. And so I came up with an excuse to tell Josh that I wasn't feeling well and maybe we can meet up another day. And he understood and it was all fine. So I ended up going out with Blake. Blake and I went out, we had dinner, we went out to a few bars, had a couple of drinks. It was only a matter of time before I was feeling all sorts of buzz. And I remember we were at Toad Hall, a local bar in the Castro district of San Francisco. And we were sitting kind of at the edge of the bar where it curves around. And we're just like bullshitting, hanging out. And I will never forget that moment of terror. I heard the names. Blake? Ronnie? We both turned around and to our complete horror, there stood Josh. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. You know Blake? Long story short, it turns out, and I'm not kidding, this is fucking for real. Josh and Blake were dating as well. They were dating as well. How ironic is it that I picked the two guys that just so happened to also be dating one another? At first, I thought we were in trouble and we were caught. I mean, after all, I did tell Josh that I wasn't feeling well and that I planned on staying in. But the end result was us going home together all three of us together, having a really hot three-way. And by the way, just for this My Gay Expose podcast record, this was the very first time that I was ever double penetrated. That's right, folks. This was the entry that I wrote in My Gay Walk of Shame blog that got so much buzz and so much attention and people actually thought that I made it up. But I didn't make it up. I think I titled it, um, when t- dating two guys at the same time turns into a double penetration situation. And people actually didn't believe that I had that experience. They thought that I just wrote it. You're a writer. You're a writer. So this is an example of when people just don't believe you. And you know what? If you don't believe me, that's fine. But, and yes, I am a writer, but you can believe whatever you want. This actually happened. And one of my most favorite stories that I was most proud of in the Gay Walk of Shame archives. And this week's sex scale from 1 to 10 with the double penetration situation was a pretty solid 9. The only reason why I'm giving it a 9 because I never saw either one of those guys after that night ever again. I think I was just a little too over the fact that they were dating. 
and I had no idea. Yay! This is My Gay Walk of Shame, here on My Gay Expose Podcast. So what did we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, transgender and questioning? Oh, I love being a writer. And when people ask me what I do, I actually have a profession, but I tell them I'm a writer. And you know what? I am. And I can't wait to expand my RonnieWashburn.com empire in whatever facets it leads to. And you haven't heard the last of me, whether it be podcasts, writing, or God knows what. I will do whatever it takes to express myself in only the most creative of ways. So sit back, relax, put on that condom, or pop your prep pill and join me for what my future has in store for this wonderful creative world of writing. And by the way, I wrote that tagline. It's one of my favorites and one that I'm most proud of. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and thanks for joining me this week, and I will see you next time. Oh, (laughs) I almost forgot to add this to the list. This podcast, part of the whole creative writing process for this podcast, was done very vigorously in the beginning. However, what I've learned as this podcast has grown and blown up in my face in such a significant and exciting way, is that it's way easier for me to just kind of fucking wing it and fuck all the writing. After all, when I was in college and I had to do oral presentations, my presentation skill was all about just knowing the actual research that we did and just winging it freestyle. And that's what I do on this podcast Hey guys, thanks for joining me exposing my gay here on My Gay Expose Podcast. If you like what I exposed on today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Um, If you listen to me on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or the newly developed Amazon Music slash podcast format, uh, just hit the follow button. My Gay Expose podcast is also available on Anchor as well as any and all other podcast formats. Do you have any questions, comments, things you want me to talk about? Please email me at mygayexpose at gmail.com. That's mygayexpose at gmail.com. And for more on my work, including my blog, A Gay in the Life of Ronnie, please take a look at my website at www.ronniewashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I washburn.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at My Gay Expose Podcast, Twitter at My Gay Expose, and Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And uh, by the way, Don't forget to join us next time for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me, Ronnie Washburn, exposing my gay 
here on My Gay Expose Podcast. And I'll see you next time.